You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Makes you want to shout when you think of the goodness of Jesus. It makes you want to what? Shout. Woo! Now, let me tell y'all something. I've always had a problem with this. I've always had a problem when I go to a football game and they louder than we are. I have a problem with that because we sh- we, we're on a team that never loses. We're on the winning team and we can't shout. Let's try this again. Woo! Yes. That's what I'm talking about. See, the enemy don't like us to do that. Guess why? We turn his head up. We're beating him up. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, we're beating him up. I thank the Lord for that. that was a beautiful song. Now, I don't know the song, but I know how to shout. How about that? Praise the Lord. Um, I have a song on my heart. I'm really not a singer, but, you know, I can do a little some, 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 some. You know what I'm saying? It's been in my heart all day. What's this this morning? Uh, and I, well, before I do that, I want to thank uh, my sister Carly and Devon for coming down, Devin for coming down and being with me. I know they love me. I was so, <laughs> so touched, you know, that they came down to be with me. I appreciate that. You know, it's always good when someone loves you. Enough to come and because they drove down here to be with me, and I do appreciate that. Um, don't take it for granted, and I love y'all for doing that. So, now when I sing this song, I don't want y'all to say she needs to keep her day job. I don't want, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah! God, I praise you, I glorify you, magnify your name. I thank you. Here's my worship, take joy in it, make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face, I present my heart to you. I present my life to you. Here's my worship, take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. I present my heart to you. I present my life to you. Here's my worship smile. 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 Now, how many want to make Jesus smile today? 
how many know that when we worship God, he doesn't necessarily hear the word. It brings off a smell in his nostrils. If it's a pure worship, it brings a beautiful smell into the nostril of God. So if it's some stink in there, he knows that that worship was not what pure. It was taunted. Now, I don't know about y'all. Have y'all ever, there was something foul smelling in the house. You couldn't find it. Bothered you, didn't it? You were like, what? What is this smell? What is this smell? It bothered you, didn't it? We don't want to send God a stench to his nostril. We want our worship. We want our praise to be pure. And in order for it to be pure, we have to have a pure heart, clean hands, pure heart. We want our worship to smell good to God. And I don't know about you, like, I'm not the best singer, but when I get in the shower with y'all, you know what? I'm Beyonce. I don't know about y'all. But when I'm in the shower, yeah, mm-hmm. I could do this thing now. If we can record in the shower, I have it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But you know, I mean, we all, God loves to hear us. It's not about the the tune. It's not about the sound. It's that we are worshiping him with what we have. We're giving him what we have. And it's nothing too small for God. He appreciates everything we do. And that's what he created us for. He created us for worship, praise. Now, he got he got the angels up there. He got 24 elders. He got all of them there. And guess what they're doing? They're saying, holy, holy is the Lord our God. Holy, holy is the Lord our God. That's what they're saying. But they can't say, Lord, you saved my soul. Lord, you healed me. You delivered me. We have some things that they can't say. All they can say is holy, holy. But we can say some other things that they can't say. And then we still don't say those things. We ought to feel honored. God has done more for us than he's done for the angels. They don't have a choice. They just cry holy, holy, holy. He wants somebody that's going to cry holy just because they want to. Just because he's done something for them is not always good enough. If you tell your wife or husband, oh, baby, I love you because you washed the car. Honey, I love you because you cooked dinner. Honey, you so cute. Uh-huh. You earning my shirt. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to continue to like you and love you because you say they every time they do something? Honey, want to hear it just because you've done nothing, just because you're there. 
I want to hear you say, I love you, baby. You know, you're so cute, girl. You got it going on. No, I want to hear that just because. How do you think our God feel? He want to hear that he's great and awesome just because. Not because he woke me up this morning. Not because he blessed me with a nice house or a nice car. But just because he's God. Just cause. Yeah. I like nice things. Don't you like nice things? He blesses us with nice things. And we, don't, we just say thank you or we call on him when we need something. For convenience. How would you like to have someone in your life just for convenience? You know what I'm saying? You... You only need them when it's convenient for you. No, we can't do that. We have to serve God even when we can't trace him. We got to trust him when we can't trace him. We got to trust him when we don't know what is going on. We have to. And I was just talking to some uh, some of the members here, and I told her, we are right now people. We want an instant gratification to everything. But with God, God is not like that. God, He's a God of process. It's a process with him. And the process is usually longer than, than you want to wait. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I done married a few guys that I probably married them on Insta. And uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to wait. That's what I'm trying to say. There's some children in here. I can't say what I want to say, but you know what I mean. I might have been holy without the L and the Y. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. <laughs> but I did. I wasn't. I wouldn't. I didn't wait on God. And I jumped into some situations that wasn't pleasant. When you wait on God, it's sweet. It's nice. Not saying you're not, you're going, it's always going to be strawberries and creams, but you know God put it together. You know God gave it to you. You go out there and get that other joker. Boy. Mm-mm-mm. Woo. Jesus, these kids are here because I've been through some stuff. But when you wait on Jesus, he'll bless you. And I know know we as single ladies, maybe I'm the only, am I the only single lady in here? Oh, thank the Lord. Thought I was the only single lady in here. I mean, um, being single sometimes, you know, we want that instant gratification, too. We, we want the man to come yesterday, you know. You, but you know you're not ready, but you still want. You wanted the person to come yesterday, right? And I know we all, or something or another, have jumped into something that we knew we shouldn't have jumped in. God was telling, God was saying no. He was all behind you with red flags, blowing the horn, trying to get your attention. It's like, no. But you was like, yes, yes. 
<laughs> I remember my, i never forget my first bar friend. Um, I brought him over to my mama so my mama could see him. And so he left and I said, mama, what you think of him? She said, he looked like he dumb as a bag of rocks. I don't think he going to be able to take care of my grandkids. I said, well, okay, that's the one I want. And we don't listen, right, when our mom and daddy tell us that's not the one, baby, that, that's, that's not the one. But he be fine, and he was fine. Yeah, oh, my God, he was fine. Am I lusting? Jesus, forgive me. He was fine. He was fine, fine, fine. He's still fine. And uh, my mama said, you looking at the outer appearance. I said, yeah, I am, mama. I am. She said, you can't just look at the outer appearance. You got to look at the inside of a person. What that mean? I'm 18. I ain't trying to look at the inside of nothing. I'm trying to look at the outward appearance. And that's what we do. God knows what's going on the inside of the person, and we're looking at the outside of the person. Correct? That's what we do in relationships. We choose what look good on the outside. Now, right now, since I've been married twice, I'm not looking at the outside. You can be ragged outside. As long as you have a good heart. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, my God. Praise the Lord. But... Praise the Lord. Y'all know. Y'all pray for me. Mm-hmm. Just just pray for me. <laughs> just pray for me. Uh, we have to walk in what God has for us. And sometimes it means we walk alone. So being alone is not always a bad thing. Because sometimes... There's not a person that can handle what you're going through at that time or where you're going to be going to at that time. Because a lot of times God wants to take you up. And how many knows that when you're going up, there's some people that's not going to be able to hang. It's some people that's not going to be able to deal with the altitude. They're not going to be able to breathe in that altitude that where God is taking you to. Right. So you can't go. Everybody can't go with you. Um, I always, I mean, I've always been a person that I've always, I call myself, I've always been a loner. And I didn't understand it at first. I actually thought it was a bad thing. I was like, why am I always by myself? Why, why God always put me here where I'm by myself? I mean, I, I'm by myself now. I live way in Colorado and my family live in Texas. And I always question why you have me by myself. Why am I always in a different spot than my family? Because everybody can't go where you're going. Everybody can't relate. You go tell your sister, the Lord told you to move to Colorado. God ain't told you to move no Colorado. You, you ain't hearing from God. God wouldn't tell you that. 
You ain't never been down the street. Now he wants you to move to Colorado. So you can't tell everybody what God has for you. You can't tell them your dreams and aspirations. They're going to talk you down. You really think God didn't tell me that? That's what you're going to be saying next. No, if God told you to go to Colorado, guess what? Go. Right. If you don't go where you stay, nothing ain't going to go right. So you just want to go, right? I'm up in Colorado. I don't even know my neighbor. I'm like, I don't know nobody because I'm from a little old country town. We sit on the porch and we know everybody's business. We know when everybody pregnant, when they was down the street, when they were behind the house. I saw you over there behind the house. <laughs> I'm from the country. We know everything. We know everybody and everything. I'm in a big city. I don't know nobody. I go in my apartment, go to work. I don't, I don't like it because I'm used to seeing and knowing everybody. Plus, I was nosy. <laughs> so, I mean, but God, God, he does. He always, he causes us, especially when you're going to become someone in him. And how many know that if you're here today in this house, you're a leader? Everybody gets scared when I say that, that you're a leader. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean you were going to lead the mic. You don't have to have the mic to be a leader. You can be the leader of the trash can committee. I mean, I'm just saying. But you're going to lead something. I remember when, I'll never forget, they get mad at me when I talk about this, but I talk about it anyway. It was my experience. I'll never forget when I was a PIT, I was excited. I got picked to be the prophet in training at the church. I was like, whoo, yes. Woo, I'm excited. And my pastor said, um, prophetess, you're going to have the ladies' restroom ministry for six weeks. I said, uh, pastor, did I hear you right? Did you say I was going to have the ladies' restroom ministry for six weeks? He said, yeah. And I said, um, <laughs> what do that consist of? <laughs> he said, that consists of you cleaning the ladies' restroom before every service and make sure it stays clean. I'm, I'm all right with cleaning. I'm all right with cleaning. I like clean, but the ladies' restroom, really. So before every service, I had to clean the ladies' restroom. That was my ministry for six weeks. Not one week, not one service, six weeks. I knew more about the ladies' bathroom than I think anybody knew about the ladies' bathroom. Next week, I'm thinking, oh, my six weeks is up. Oh, I graduated. I was proud. I took care of it every day. It was good. Next assignment, he said, probably this week, 
you have the men's restroom ministry. Now, I love y'all brothers. I love y'all. But that aim ain't what it is. I had to clean the men's bathroom for six weeks. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, whoo. I didn't think I was going to make it. I needed prayer. I was at the altar every service. Because <laughs> I just, I needed prayer. I did. I needed prayer because I was having a difficult time with that ministry. I don't like cleaning my stuff, let alone somebody else's stuff. But I was obedient, and I did it. So I was like, okay, good. We don't have a two restrooms. Whoa. He cannot give me the men's or women's restroom ministry again. Ain't no children's bathroom, so I can't have that ministry. So I was glad. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get the mic pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? I just knew it. I said, okay. He's like, prophetess, you have the bookstore ministry for six weeks. So I was over the bookstore for six weeks. Okay, it's been three weeks. I ain't touched the mic. Am I not the prophet in training? Don't I be prophesying all the time? Why am I in the bookstore? So, I did the big bookstore for six weeks. Next after that, oh, I was just, oh, whew, I'll be glad when I can get to the, I didn't understand what the bathroom ministry, the kitchen ministry, the bookstore, I didn't understand what they had to do with me speaking or prophesying. Next, I was over the youth. I don't like kids like that. I was like, why would he put me over the youth? That is not my calling. I don't even like my kids. Why would you do that? <laughs> but he put me over the youth. I was a youth pastor. And come to find out, y'all, I was so good at it. They didn't even want me to leave. I didn't want to leave. But I never would have knew that had I not been a part of the youth ministry. Then he said, okay, you was good with the youth. I'm going to promote you. I'm going to let you be, well, we call it the MC, where you be over the service, every service. You know, you're the one that do all the talking and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, boy, I'm getting up in the big leagues now. Ha, <laughs> ha, I finally got it. So I was the MC. By the time I got to being the MC is when I realized it never was about the bathroom. It never was about the kitchen. It was about obedience, humility. Because if you're not humble enough to clean the bathroom, why would God trust you with his people? If he can't trust you with the kitchen, 
How can he trust you with someone's heart? Now, if I would have been, now I didn't like it. I'm not going to tell y'all like it. I didn't like none of it. But it taught me responsibility. It taught me accountability. It taught me that holding his mic comes with a price. There's a price to it. And it's not easy. Even though we may think, make it look easy, it's very hard to get up here and stand before the people and declare what thus said the Lord. Because sometimes y'all don't know how y'all be looking at us. Be like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Let me go on this side over here. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'll be looking the same way at the people when they're like, what are you talking about? You understand what I'm saying? It's, everybody's not called to this. Some people are called to the bathroom ministry. Some people are called to the children's ministry, to the bookstore, to whatever. And I, I mean, I'm using the bathroom ministry, but something that we think is medial or low. Everything that you do in the house of the Lord is great. Even if you are cleaning the bathroom, that's a great thing. You don't want your visitor to come and see the bathroom messed up, right? You want to present the Lord's house at its best. And somebody has to do it. But he taught me accountability. And you know what? God blessed me. I might talk about it now and we laugh about it, but I did it obediently. And I got elevated. Before I left that church, I was the, over the minister's when I left the church. But if I never would have been obedient, now I might have said that stuff to myself, you know what I'm saying, fussing about it, but when I realized what he was trying to teach me, I was thankful. I appreciated it. Then I was able to take it out into my work life, to my relationships, to have integrity, to be humble, to do what you told when someone in authority tell you to do it. I could have bucked up. I could have said, who you think you are telling me to clean up the bathroom? I'm not cleaning up no bathroom. I could have did all kinds of stuff. But because I was humble and I did it anyway, God blessed me. He blessed me. He, I mean, I've gotten so many favors, I can't even tell you. How many favors? I've got cars with no credit. Houses with no credit. I, and I drive nice cars. I've had two BMWs, two Mercedes. Guess why? Because I was humble. I was obedient. I didn't talk back. Not even to my mom. I didn't talk back to my mom. I was a very obedient child. But those things, God blesses you for those things. Because there's nothing I could have done or nothing I can do to get what God has blessed me with at this time in my life. Nothing. It was all because I was obedient. I was raised in the house of the Lord. I did what God wants me to do. Now, what is he saying to you today? Be obedient to the man of God. 
no matter how medial or low you think it is, be obedient. Because that's how you get blessed. And I know y'all don't want to believe that, but that's the truth. This man right here is how you get blessed. How you treat him is how you get blessed. You don't have to like him, but you do have to respect him. You have to respect his call. You have to respect his authority. Because I don't know about y'all, because when Moses was up in the mountain, the children was down in the valley. While Moses was getting a vision, the people were down at the bottom of the mountain. So what that means, you while he's up there and he's at home and he's praying, laying down before the Lord, God is giving him visions that you have no clue about. Because he's up here and you're down here. I was telling them earlier, being a leader gives you privy to some things that being the follower or the member, you don't know what's going on. So sometimes we might have to tell you, I need you to go over there and do this. And you might not understand why you're doing it, but because you ain't the le- you're not the leader. Whoops. Jesus, thank you. Because you're not the leader, you don't understand, but the leader do. And God gave to him that, and he didn't give it to you. So be obedient. I don't know why I'm saying this. That's not really where I was going. But I guess God wanted me to say it. And the enemy didn't want me to say it. But he's a liar. Because I'm going to say whatever God tells me to say. As I've been that way all my life. If God tells me to say something, I'm going to say it. Guess what? Because I'm required from him. He told me a long time ago, if I give you a word and you do not say that word, it will be required at your hand. But if I give you a word and you say the word and they don't accept the word, it's required at their hands. So guess what? I'm getting it out for me. I'm going to say what God has to say. Now, I'm not sure what's been going on, but God wants you to obey your leader. Praise the Lord. It's honestly not where I was going to go. I might want to know what time is it before I be spending the night with y'all. (laughs) I did want to talk to y'all a little bit about something. I thought I was going to go one way, but I'm going to go another way. Um, God brought it to me while we were sitting down eating. And I know we all have been going through something this last over a year now. You know, we've been going through the pandemic, losing jobs, losing people. Loved ones, I don't know about you, I think I don't lost three or four family members from COVID. I was not happy about it. But while we was in the midst of the pandemic, God gave me a reassuring word because 
I was having a problem with it, y'all. I was having a problem with why are we living in this world with a pandemic and we are saved. You understand what I'm saying? Why, why, where was God? And I'm not meaning it's mean. I mean, I mean, did y'all not ask, where are you, God? When all this is going around, what's going on? Where, where are you, God? Let's be honest. God told me that the people of God during the time back in when the Israelite was enslaved by Egypt and Moses had went to them to ask, could they be free? And they wouldn't allow, Pharaoh wouldn't allow the people to be free. So he started issuing out plagues, curses. But during this time, the people of God, which were really close to Egypt, was living in a city or a place called Goshan. And that word means a protected place. And I'm encouraging you today to know that you live in the place of Goshan. We are protected people. There is nothing that as long as we're living in the hands of God, that will not happen to us as long as we're living in God. He's going to protect us from the pandemic, from not having a job, from being sick. He's going to protect us from that. Because his people, while the plagues was going on, they were not being affected by the plagues. They were right next door. But because they was in Goshan, I don't know about you, I live in Goshan. I live in that protected place. He has a place for us to stay in. And that's the place of Goshen. It protects us from all the things around us that are going on. All the plagues. Everything that the enemy is trying to do to us, toward us. He wants us to remember we have this place. That he's going to always protect us. We are his people. I don't know. I mean, they were close to him. The plague, they got all the plagues, the frogs. The, and it's just amazing to how they got the frog on one side and right next door, no frogs didn't go to their house. Right. We're protected. We got to believe we're protected. Right. You got to believe you're protected. And some, just saying it, honestly, we think this, just saying it and repeating it doesn't mean you believe it. You got to believe this thing. And you got to speak it. Because guess what? God's territory is voice activated. We have to speak it. We got to put it out in the atmosphere, right? I'm protected. It's not going to touch me because I'm protected. I live in Goshen. That's where I live at. I don't know about y'all. I live in Goshen. I think I have a four-bedroom. Let's see, four-bath, three-car garage. Yeah, that's nice. I think that's where I live at. 
have a place of protection. God has granted us that. Okay? Be encouraged. Thank you.